Food Tech Stars, powered by ACT Food Tech. Israel is home to one of the most vibrant, forward-thinking food tech ecosystems in the world, which makes it a desirable innovation hub. In this podcast, we speak to the people driving the future of food, researchers, entrepreneurs, and venture capital investors. Welcome to Food Tech Stars with Karma Oren and Merov Oren, co-founders at Act Food Tech. Online, on smart speakers, and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. Hi, Karmit. Hi, Merav. Uh, we're so excited to have today Aviv Oren. And uh, let's hear about him. Yeah, go for it. Aviv uh, Oren is a business engagement and innovation director at the Good Food Institute. Uh, you probably heard about them a lot lately. Yes. He's a dynamic and motivated professional with a proven record in building businesses and new ventures to global success while challenging the status quo. Aviv is passionate about technology and science that provide sustainable impact. He works with investors, startups, and global corporations to accelerate the alternative protein industry, which is super attractive now in Israel. Yeah. After working at Johnson & Johnson, Ultrashape, and other big companies, Aviv is now working for the Good Food Institute using his management experience in international business, investment, and fundraising uh, in order to promote plant-based It also allows him to um, successfully take his role into supporting the startups. As a business engagement and innovation director, he's taking uh, strategic consulting to big food, agri and pharma companies, developing strategic growth plans for the alternative protein market, creating tools for startups, consulting entrepreneurs, and much, much more. And we'll hear about it now. So we've... We're super happy to have you here, and I want to start with the first question. Can you give us a brief overview of uh, the new report that you actually initiated, uh, which is a perfect report in my eyes, uh, in the Good Food Institute? And what do you hope to accomplish by writing and sharing this report? Hi, Kamrita Merav. So thank you for having me and thank you for the great intro. We, the Good Food Institute, uh, decided to uh, write this report in order to give a deep dive into the Israeli alternative protein ecosystem. Since it's a young industry, not everybody yet uh, familiar with the technologies and the companies that are active uh, in these ecosystems. And we wanted... Um, to provide an overview of uh, all the innovation that is happening here in Israel, uh, innovation that comes from the academia and research institute. You can have those in the report as well. Uh, an overview of all the startups that are active in this space, uh, investments in this industry uh, versus other industry, and um, trends and the government activity also to support this ecosystem. Thanks, Aviv. Um, you mentioned that compared with other techno- technological industries, the average capital raised in the last three years from 2018 to 2020 in the alternative protein field is well ahead of other leading Israeli industries. However, the alternative protein industry's total investments are still considered low compared with other industries, especially in light of its potential. So why do you believe this is and what can we do to increase investments in the alternative protein industry? First of all, this industry is still very young. So many of the companies and the startups that are active in this industry are still in the early stage. 
And this is why the investments uh, uh, volume is low, because when a company is starting, they're raising seed uh, uh, money or, or round A, and those usually are, are small until they uh, reach a certain milestone that bring more confidence to investors to keep on investing, uh, investing in them for commercializations. So it's uh, one, this industry is still very young, but when we see uh, companies starting to have a big effect like Beyond Meat and Impossible Food, almost 10 billion in valuation. So this also gives investors the boost and the confidence to invest in this industry because the demand is coming from the consumers and from the flexitarians that are buying those products in the supermarket. Um, so in Israel, we see uh, in 2020, there were the investments in alternative protein startups was $114 million. And I can say we already passed that in 2021. And the estimation that during 2021, Israeli startups in, in the alternative protein ecosystem will raise almost half a billion dollars. So it is increasing. We have excellent companies here that are growing. I think we can be proud and, uh, of this. Proud and optimistic, I understand. Yes. <laughs> So let's maybe let's talk about a few of the names. Um, so can you give us some examples? And specifically, we know that Israelis now uh, are capturing the cultured meat space and doing so well. And also Aleph Farms has raised $105 million lately. I'm going to hear about more success stories soon. So can you tell us more about the protein startups in the industry? Yeah, of course. So we like to divide it to three based on the technology. We like to divide the industry to companies under the plant-based category, companies under the fermentation category, and companies, as you mentioned, under the cultivated uh, meat, or now we have dairy as well, category. And uh, Israel has great companies uh, under each of those categories. The plant-based categories, those companies are closer uh, to commercialization and some of them are already selling their product in the market. Uh, for example, uh, we have Else Nutrition that is selling plant-based baby formula and they actually traded on the, on the Toronto Stock Exchange and they are selling their product in, the, in North America. Uh, we have Innovo Pro and Chickpea that develop uh, new ingredients for the alternative protein uh, industry. Up until now, we see a lot of uh, protein coming from uh, soy and pea and wheat. And there is a need for new sources of ingredients. And uh, those companies are using chickpea protein, 80% or 90% uh, protein in their powder, in order to create new uh, dairy or meat products. So those companies are already selling their products uh, in the market. We have redefined that is now launching the amazing uh, portfolio of products in Israel, in the food service industry, in uh, top uh, meat restaurants. Uh, and they are using, they are doing plant-based meat, uh, analog to the real uh, meat that we, that, you know, that, that we have. And they are also using a 3D technologies in order to create a whole cut stacks. Um, those are all companies under the plant-based category. Under the fermentation category, Israel is actually leading in the number of fermentation startup and cultivated uh, meat startups uh, in absolute number. Uh, second only to the US. So there are 
nine, almost uh, already 10 companies in the fermentation sector and five companies in the cultivated meat sector, probably more to come in the next year. Um, and it's uh, and it's amazing to see this industry collaborate with the academic research institution in Israel to accelerate the innovation. Uh, under the fermentations, we have companies like Remilk, Imagine Dairy, that are doing precision fermentation uh, in order to produce dairy protein. We have companies um, like Chunk that is doing solid state fermentation for all cut meat and Kinocotech that is using uh, fungi for a new type of, uh, of uh, alternative protein products. And under the cultivated meat, you mentioned Aleph, uh, that is leading now with the amount of money that they have raised, uh, that is doing, uh, uh, that is trying to produce uh, uh, steaks and not ground beef like most of the companies uh, that we are using. They are actually using what we call scaffolding. Uh, in order to for the cells to grow and to create uh, a whole cut stack, we have future meat that is focusing more uh, on uh, cultivated fat or chicken, lamb, beef, and we have a super meat that is focusing on chicken. We have meat tech that is uh, combining their uh, cultivated meat technology with 3D 3D printing. And we have a biomilk that is doing a cultivated dairy product. A little bit of each, each of the, each of the company took it to a different direction in terms of the type of product that they are wishing to produce. I see. And I know that uh, a lot of what will be needed is an infrastructure. And I know you're, very, you're working as a team very strongly in order to promote infrastructure that will help companies grow. So what will be needed in order for that to continue and become a success story from Israel? Correct. Israel is a small market and all of those companies are aiming for global markets. However, um, they will probably build their first factories in Israel since it's close to their R&D centers. And those companies need investments in terms of to produce those uh, facilities and also investments from the government in order to have access to the most sophisticated and advanced technology uh, uh, facilities such as uh, fermenters and bioreactors and extruders for the plant-based uh, protein in order to create the texture uh, that mimics meat or dairy product. It's all about mimicking the analog product and for that we need advanced technology. We need innovation research centers. We have a couple of those in Israel, not enough. Uh, we are working also with the government and with the Israeli Innovation Authority to, to invest and to open centers like that, uh, that will provide access to researchers, scientists, and uh, engineers, so industry and academia, so they can work together and uh, improve their product. So I'll, I'll even add to that. Israel has seven food tech incubators and accelerators, providing the entrepreneurs with tools and resources to transform ideas into innovative products. What advantage do the incubators and accelerators give the food tech startups and what do the industry or what would the industry look like without them? What do you I think? I think that without those incubators, uh, five years ago, we won't have uh, such a unique uh, uh, industry in Israel. Government-supported uh, in incubators basically invested in, uh, in, in a new industry uh, with, with a high risk, 
and those companies are now growing out of those incubators to raise uh, private money from VCs when they reach, receive the, uh, certain milestones that reduce the risk for private investors. The Israel Innovation Authority has done a great job with the incubator program. Basically, they are providing the, uh, the funding for, the, for those startups Industry uh, companies that are partners to those incubators are providing the infrastructures, uh, the mentoring, uh, the business and scientific supports for those entrepreneurs that are entering the incubators. So usually, usually it's a one to two years program, investments uh, between $600,000 to $1 million for those uh, young startups. And uh, most of the companies that come in out of those incubators are able to uh, uh, continue to raise money and to develop the product. So, um, I, so we have two a big one in Israel in the food tech. Fresh starts by Tnuva and the Kitchen Up by Strauss. Uh, we have Inegev as well, um, and several accelerators that are supporting this industry. So we were talking about the early stage and innovation, and you know. Um uh, giving uh, opportunities for startups, but it's much more than that. And we know that the journey is very long and there's also regulation in the way and you have to find the customers. So startups needs to find the customers and customer uh, you know, preferences of, or most of the customers are now becoming flexitarians. We hear about it all the time. And also startups would need funding opportunities. Uh, so what of those, what do you think are some of those opportunities in this long journey being actually uh, on the plate? I mean, it, it's, it's the long journey, but we want to uh, supply as much as opportunities as we can. So are you referring to opportunities from the market size or from the investment side? I think both, actually. I would love to hear your uh, overview about both opportunities into the market and customers consumers actually and, and also from the investment so, side. So, you know, I will start with the investment side because, you know, those companies first need the, the funding in order to release their product to the market. So in terms of that, we see new investors coming into the sectors. We see institutional investors, big investors uh, that can support uh, B round, C round uh, in Israel that express confidence uh, just a few days ago, we saw one of the leading banks in Israel, Lumi, investing in, uh, in an alternative protein company. We see other institutional investors that are uh, active in this space, and it's a very positive thing for those companies uh, to grow. Um, in terms of the markets, uh, let's say go to market strategies for those companies. So if you are a... Um, a pl- a cultivated uh, meat. First of all, you need to uh, you need to cross the milestone of uh, regulation for novel food, and and as for now, only Singapore approved the cultivated meat uh, for for just, and they are selling their uh, chicken nuggets in resta- in restaurants in Singapore. So there is still a way to go here, but uh, most countries express uh, a positive uh, approach regarding regulations uh, for cultivated meat. And it's likely that, uh, com- that you know, products under precision fermentation and cultivated meat will, rele- will be released first to the food service market uh, for several reasons. One, because of uh, price parity, uh, that it's still, uh, uh, it's still a little bit far from, uh, uh, from the product that, that we have today. And B, um, because they want to control the scale 
and, and the volume of production uh, that still needs to be in, uh, that still needs to be improved. So they are likely to release their product first to the restaurants and only later, several years from now, to the retail market. Also to, to get some of the customers uh, believe in those, uh, and those new, new type of food. And, um, and, then plant-based, uh, and in the plant-based category, it's a little bit different. Uh, some of those companies are also launching the product first to the food service market and then to the retail. And some of them are releasing uh, uh, to the retail market. And we see the demand for those products among flexitarians. When we analyze the market data, the plant-based category uh, growth is uh, almost in almost in every category: meat, dairy, eggs, uh, is a double-digit growth compared to the animal-based product. And this is why the the food company, the multinationals, food companies, are also entering this space, investing in startups signing a, a partnership a deals with startups. Almost all the Israeli startups has some kind of strategic investor or a joint venture or a partnerships with those uh, multinationals like Tyson Food, Cargill, uh, BRF, uh, Nestle. We just saw Nestle signing a, a, an agreement with the FutureMeet to produce a mix of plant-based burger or products together with the, with the cultivated uh, cells, fat uh, from, uh, from future meat. This is huge. This is the biggest uh, food company in the world uh, expressing their uh, confidence in, the culti- in cultivated meat. I, I must say, this is all amazing. Um, so if I take all your optimistic um, things you're saying, so what does the ideal future of alternative protein looks like you know, to you? How do you see it? How do you want to see it? So I think that we all want to live in a world, um, in a better world. Uh, we know the downside and uh, uh, of the animal-based uh, uh, product that we consume in terms of uh, uh, green gas uh, emissions, in terms of uh, reducing land for, for forest, in terms of antibiotic use, in terms of animal welfare. So the future that I would like to see is, uh, is a clean from animal-based product. Uh, if, we can bro- if we can produce all the food that we need from directly from plant, uh, if we can cultivate it in uh, bioreactors and fermenters in a clean and safe and healthy and tasty way. So, so this, is, uh, this is the future and we are still far from it. But um, uh, today, for example, the dairy, the, uh, the plant-based milk is 15% of the milk market in the U.S. This is, this is, this is big. This, this means that uh, we have plant-based milk almost in every second house uh, in the U.S. Uh, and the meat category, it's, um, it's only about uh, 1 to 2% of the total meat market, the plant-based meat. But the analyst, uh, uh, the focus of the analyst that within the next 10 to 15 years, uh, with the, the plant-based uh, meat and cultivated meat will be between 10% to 25% of the meat market. So we want to accelerate this. We, we want to advance this, uh, the innovations that we can have from Israel to the world. 
that this will happen faster, maybe even, uh, you know, to reach 30% in the next uh, 50 years. Big, big wow. <laughs> Let's conquer the world. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for this. But I want to ask you now, let's go, let's move on to some personal questions, okay? Um, who would you like to eat dinner with and why? Okay. And how much meat will be in that dinner? <laughs> It will be a personal answer because I would like to eat dinner with Tom, who is my colleague at uh, GFI Israel. Yes, but I want to eat dinner with him that we will eat a cultivated uh, steak together. Uh, Tom is a very... Un- is he a flexitarian or... A- no, Tom is vegan since he was four. And uh, he decided to do his research in cultivated meat before there was an option to do a research, uh, his PhD, before there was an option in Israeli university to do this. So he, he approached the, the, the Technion Institute of Technology in Israel saying that he wants to do his PhD in uh, cultivated meat. And they told them um, that, no, we are doing tissue engineering to, um, you know, to cure people and diseases and so on. Uh, this is much more important. Uh, and he insists that at the end, uh, they allow him to do his PhD in cultivated meat. And based on his research that was published on Nature, Aleph Farm was founded. So, uh, so he was, he, since the age of four, he knew that, uh, you know, this is his direction. Before he started to, to uh, you know, to, uh, uh, to learn his uh, BA, the BS degree in biology, he knew that he's going to try to do cultivated meat. And I want to sit with dinner with him after he, he eats, eats the, the steaks that he, he was one of the, Uh, maybe uh, first people in the world to believe in this technology and just to see his, uh, his reaction. It's a great story. Uh, I love it. And I really hope you get to do that. I know you are going to eat dinner together. So I want to ask you about maybe the last question I want to ask you. You're doing so much and I appreciate so much your work, first at the Good Food Institute and specifically your job. I think you're doing a lot and there's so much that has been done in the last year uh, Uh, two three years that I uh, I super admire what you what you are doing in promoting uh, alternative protein just maybe to conclude and ask you what wakes you up in the morning with this energy what give us a tip how, how to uh, use the energy in the right way okay so I'll, I will start by saying that I'm coming from the medical industry and and, and pharma with 15 years of experience in those industries and as uh, as much as those industries are trying to Uh, find cures uh, and uh, for diseases and to improve the health of humans in many cases in many industry Israel is a, is a place for high-tech industry and software and cyber and fintech I feel that uh, many people are busy uh, creating a product or tools that maybe improve our life a little bit in some way they are very cool and unique but they are not a game changer. They are not solving the world's biggest problems. And this is how I found myself at GFI with a lot of passion to use my experience and, uh, and education in order to, to, to try and to solve the world's biggest problem. And I think the alternative protein industry is solving maybe the biggest problem in the world today is how to feed 10 billion people in a safe, sustainable and healthy way without destroying our planet. And this is what wakes me up. This is the motivation. I love it. Aviv, 
This was a super interesting uh, conversation. I'm sure so many people will want to hear more about this. So we'll definitely direct them into the Good Food Institute Israel and to the team because it's very clear what you're doing. And I really see an amazing future ahead. So thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, Kamit and Marav. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank well. you. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com.